Blog Talk Radio. featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, we're here. Here we go. Yep. We're taking it away. Yay, yay. <laughs> Look what I did. I got you to sing. <laughs> I know, I know. Careful, careful. <laughs> it's okay. We were um sometimes when you're at where I work and you hear people they kind of sing and sometimes they're good and sometimes they are not good and somebody was really <laughs> off on Wednesday when they were singing, so I've I've just kinda got that like do I want to open my mouth and sing? No. Well, do it. I appreciate the people who sing and don't have the most beautiful voice, but sing loud and proud. It makes me feel more comfortable about singing. (laughs) That's true. You know, it's funny too, because a long time ago when my mother used to sing, you know, lullabies to me, and I remember this, she had a beautiful voice, but she always Mm -hmm. kept saying to me that she didn't. And so in some ways it was also a way of describing if I looked at her life, how a lot of she felt about herself, you know, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. because she could or couldn't sing, but because she made that statement and yet she sang beautifully. It wasn't that yeah. she was a singer, but, you know, so, yep. um, yeah, I think that's also about women's voice, which is very much in the news and all over the place today and for yeah. the last however long we want to go into what's been going on with the presidency and everything. So what happened with you this week? Well, actually it's been two weeks since last week we had a pre-record on the autumnal equinox. That's right. Yes. Um, Let's see. Well, how am I? Uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks, actually, because we, um, Milk and Honey, the shop, we were vendors at a a local pagan event called Hexenfest, which is, um, it's the third year, well, it's been going on for more than three years, but it's the third year that we've been involved with it, and this year, actually, I helped organize some things, Uh, and Uh it was lovely, even though it rained on the Saturday, it was still lovely and fun, and we got to Here's some cool witchy music, and we got to meet some new cool witchy people. And we also, and by we, I mean me and my partner, Glenn, because we worked the event um, and uh-huh. left the shop to our fabulous employees. Uh-huh. Uh, and then this week, I uh, my daughter got her driver's license. Ooh. Holy crap. I was more nervous than she was, I think. Um, uh-huh. And then today, exciting news in Phoenix land. I got, a, I had a phone call with my editor, as I've mentioned, I'm working on a book uh-huh. that's being published by Llewellyn and uh, it's about working with gods and ancestors and fae. 
And today we went through the editing notes for the, the vision team met to discuss my rough draft and um, they don't hate it. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> Which was my fear. I was like, oh God, I've turned it in and now they're going to hate it. No, they actually really love it. I got uh-huh. some great feedback of, of some, you know, ways to, uh, they want me to include a little bit extra stuff, which is exciting to write about. So I'm actually uh-huh. feeling like like positive about this process <laughs> and, and not terrified or afraid of failure. So, hey, uh-huh. that's a win in my book. <laughs> Good for you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How are you, Elvira? Well, let's see. Um, actually, be, the last two weeks have been uh, dealing with um, dental issues, um, things that were required. And, you know, in the Hawaiian tradition, that's the mother, and it's, you know, maternal line and mother and stuff like that. So, you know, I was trying to get a beat on both the spiritual and the real world experience, mm. which was very intense and, you know, then the practical financial side of it and, you know, mm-hmm. all the different things that go with it. Um, and, you know, interesting is that when you think about what's going on and, and you know, uh, biting down and holding back your words or I was actually you know, talking before the show about, you know, my mother had a beautiful singing voice, but she never really thought it, and she never really sang in public, but just lullabies Mm -hmm. to the kids, and yet that was very much how she, uh, she was very soft and quiet about her way of dealing with things that went on in the family, and issues between my father and her that would come up, and stuff like that, and I was, you know, kind of, it's kind of been, where's your voice, and how do you feel, and what are you doing, and that was kind of what came up for me, but the rest of it has just been, I have felt like literally the last two weeks, not excluding Venus going retrograde, or, you know, or, you know, Pluto going direct, or Neptune retrograde, I feel like it's a Mercury retrograde, I swear, between the electronic stuff that is kind of wigging out, and having, like, you know, little temper tantrums, and stupid alerts coming over our telephone from, you know, you know the presidential yeah, alert, I didn't you know. get that one, I'm not sad about I it, I got anything, it, but. I, w- I heard all these people, especially a lot of AT&T customers, didn't get it. And I'm like, are you kidding? I got it three times. I mean, it came really? up three times. Yeah. Oh. I was like, and I'm in, f- you know, and where I was is there is literally no reception where shit where <laughs> I was at during my work day when it happened. So I was like, okay, you know. So, um, but, and just things. Things are just, you know, like pulling out and dragging through stuff. So, um you know, it's uh, and it's getting onto the holidays, and uh, you know, of course, this this month is very heavy workloads for us who are in this this kind of business um, because we have a lot of events we're trying to put together that are coming up that we are participating in um, in one form or another, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh wow, okay, got to get the energy up for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I have to plug in somewhere, but. Other than that, it's actually been, um, it's got its good side, you know, I've actually uh, tried to find more time to be quiet. Um, Yesterday I had to be quiet after, you know, my experience with the dentist because it was one of those where they go, go home and do nothing. Right. Put an ice pack on your your face, you know, just forget about it. So it was kind of like, well, all right. Fine. So with that, I guess we should, you know, delve into our subject matter, which in its own right kind of is a never-ending circle. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, today we're discussing the Wheel of the Year. Yes, yes. And we've done shows on every single Sabbath on all of the eight uh, holidays of the pagan traditions, but today we're going to do like a little overview of all eight of those holidays and then talk about some other ways of experiencing them and looking at 
overall wheel of the year and incorporating it into your work and your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a wondrous experience. So with that, I mean, we're actually very close to a very big holiday. Um yeah which is, you know, one of the, quote, cross-quarter holidays. Right. And that's Samhain. Right. Sometimes so. called the Witch's New Year. Yay. <laughs> we can get drunk, dance naked, and justify our, our, our experiences because it's the first, it's the new year. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. I know. Hey, <laughs> sounds good for everyone that does the actual... December 31st, January 1st one, don't you think? Right, yeah, yeah. 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 We know what Elvira stands are for the 31st. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get drunk, dance naked, and be at your store, Milk and Honey, for the Samhain uh, ritual or gathering that we're doing and and open house. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm into this idea. It's a new draw for the whole experience, right? <laughs> as long as it's warm and not cold, I mean, I know, you know, we'll get into some rude and crude. I mean, <laughs> there is, you know, things that get smaller when it gets colder. So, you know, want to be warm and, and busty. <laughs> this is what you get when you get me after dental work. <laughs> Okay, so with the concept that Samhain is um, the end of the the year for us as pagans, and because it's considered the veil thinnest between both worlds, it is also a time to honor our beloved dead. Right. And to commune with them. And this is the because of what it represents um, in the cycle of seasons, and what's going on, I think um, people are looking at things that have ended or are ending or close to ending. It's not just the physical beings that have left us, be they f- creatures or humans, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. So what can we do? What is it that we can do in terms of this situation? And, and I think you were talking about... It looks different for different geographical places, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on this planet. So since you had that brilliant idea and spoke it so well at before, why don't you take that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we a lot of what modern paganism and witchcraft is based on some European systems and traditions. So a lot of this is, you know, Celtic. I'm using air quotes when I say the word Celtic. So the Celtic or Norse is where a lot of these holidays and the concepts behind how these holidays are celebrated, it comes from these parts of the world. And so, you know, we, Elvira and I live in Northern California and the climate here is actually much more in alignment with the climate you might find in uh, Northern France or in mm-hmm. the Mediterranean, right? So mm-hmm. we we don't actually experience the seasons like Scotland or other parts of the Celtic world, Ireland, England. Um, but we don't have that experience. So there isn't a big snow that happens here. We, we aren't locked indoors for three to six months from the winter. Winter mm-hmm. is a, a, a light rain. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, we have to say light rain, but it sometimes diluges. In our area, we've had a, a bit of a swing. And yeah, it used to be true. over a certain number of years, every certain number of years, we'd have a heavier rainfall and, yeah. you know, yeah. all the, the, the flooding and all the stuff. And now, because of, dare I say, change in our weather patterns all over we are experiencing a little differently um in terms of that and we we aren't getting heavy rains but then we might get some later in the season so we're not locked into Mm -hmm. a certain climate right right and that i mean that kind of goes speaks even more to the point right is that you know we're we sort of take for granted these concepts around the wheel of the year and the sabbath and the holidays that we celebrate but they don't necessarily apply the seasonal shifting doesn't necessarily apply to all of us who practice these things all over the planet 
Someone in uh-huh. Brazil is going to have a very different experience than someone in Alaska, and yet we may all be celebrating Samhain on the same day. Uh-huh. So one uh-huh. of the things I was hoping we could do while we go through the Wheel of the Year is talk about um, – not just like what Samhain represents and, you know, the beloved dead and our ancestors, although I think that's important, but also how do you mark that for your climate? How do you mark that for where you live? And so this, honestly, I think what this requires is every person, and I would keep a journal because I have to write things down or I forget, but keeping a seasonal journal, what is the, what is the typical seasonal aspects at Samhain Uh at the end of October Uh you know like usually we would my partner and I would always joke that by Halloween we would have at least had one rain and if we hadn't then it would rain on Halloween right and so what kind of patterns do other places have has have you already had a first snow by Samhain Um, are you still wearing shorts and tank tops at Samhain you know and and noting this because we all have subtle shifts in our climate they're just not the same as what these ancestors who were carrying holidays down from had. So we have to kind of revolutionize and modernize our Sabbaths so that they match our nature and natural and outdoors experience. You know, we can create any environment we want because most of us have, you know, central heating. <laughs> you know, That's but true. It's different. Hello? I've lost you. Are you still there? I'm he- I'm still here. Oh, good. I took a sip of a beverage because I got a tickle in my oh. throat. Sorry about okay, that. Okay, because I was thinking, see, we're, we're doing this from two different locations. Normally we yes. do it across the table, but because of certain um, timing issues, we, we had yes. to redo this. So when she went silent, I apologized. I thought we were lost in the, <laughs> uh, the ozone and never to come back again. Yeah, not, okay. not yet. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, so, okay, so then a journal of the seasons, and I, you know, marking what's happening in your exact area, mm-hmm. and being more aware of your environment, mm-hmm. is a big thing when it comes to not just sowing, but the whole entire wheel of the year and oh, the, yeah. the 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 Sabbaths and how they represent things and energies to you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I think even we in talked... that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It was just a, a thought <laughs> that was errant. Okay. Okay. Oh, and you, even in that, even in saying, you know, noticing the cycles and how they apply to you where you are, and it's also doing that and not losing the thread of what these holidays potentially represented to our ancestors or these these times that we mark throughout the calendar you know so even though it might not be snowy and you're stuck inside the longhouse on Samhain you should it would be great to still acknowledge the ancestors or do some sort of ancestral feast or do something to acknowledge your beloved dead or whatever so that you're still in the flow of what modern pagans are doing and you're incorporating your environment into that it's it's kind of like how do you make witchcraft and paganism work for you? You know, it's uh-huh. taking the old and the what exists right in this moment and marrying those things together. Right, and in this is a sidebar, but it seems yeah. to pop its head up all the time about traditional and neo or new age or new mm-hmm. and. We've discussed the pros and cons and had our little, you know, soapboxes. But what I what I want to say here is is that yes, tradition and the way things have done for thousands of years or however long it is, and you know, the the whole thing is important. But here's the the reality of evolution. You know, um, whether we want to believe in Darwinism or creationism or whatever we want to go with. The whole idea is that we adapt to our environment, whether it's an animal adapting to its environment or a human adapting to its environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important for the spirituality and to adapt to the environment as well. Right. Absolutely. And I guess I, I feel that... Yeah. 
it's it's kind of a, an age-old problem of, you know, enshrine and put the sacred things never to be changed ever versus, you know, what that means and where it goes from the next or two or three generations. Um, it's the thing of trying to hold back death, you know. It right. is part of the cycle. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway... I'm I'm waxing philosophical, but um, back to Samhain and the timing, um, and and the weather and the the environment and what's going on. What's going on, exclusive of consumerism and human um, issues of that nature, because that's an overlay. So, what does it mean to you as you're at this time where? The weather is changing, and you're not able to, you know, do something, or you are, you know, like mm-hmm. people in Florida are still running around in shorts and, you know, tank tops and the whole thing. And when we celebrate Christmas in Hawaii, it's not with snow, you know? Right, right. So, right, well, and in Australia, right, in Australia and New Zealand and in South America, Samhain is not winter, it's Right. It's the beginning of summer, you know. Exactly. And that definitely takes your mind and kind of torques it a little bit. Right, right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that yeah. also puts a, a point. So from Samhain, obviously, we, we, we kind of left the autumn equinox because we'll come back to that because it just happened, but we're looking forward. We get to go to the winter solstice. And in, in the Celtic traditions, they want to utilize Yule. So how would somebody see that in their world? Yeah, well, you know, the way I look at winter solstice is sort of the hibernation time. And this is all me personally. <laughs> feel, free, feel free to not listen to anything that I am saying or, you know, take it all with a grain of salt. Your mileage may vary. Uh, but for me, I always look at winter solstice as the time of hibernation, which is ironic because as someone who owns a retail business, December 21st is actually one of the busiest days of the year in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that week really is, is incredibly busy. But just beyond that is actually that fallow period where, you know, as of at Christmas Day in my life, it gets real freaking quiet. Uh, and yeah. it gives me an opportunity to slow down and kind of go within and be a little more quiet and be a little bit more introspective and take some time because in, in my superstition of looking at the cycle from winter solstice forward is kind of that time where you're not supposed to do a lot of magic. You're not supposed to do a lot of stuff um, except for reflect uh, and start thinking what seeds potentially might I want to plant in the coming time. You know, the winter solstice is not necessarily the time to plant those seeds. And I think traditionally we look at this as the return of the sun, right? It's the longest, uh-huh. the shortest day of the year, the longest night of the year, and, and witches and pagans all over the world stay up all night and sing and, and drum and dance and call the sun back. And I've definitely uh-huh. participated in those rituals, and I find them really beautiful and, and fun. And um, you definitely connect into some sort of ancestral celebration. But I have found the, the reverse to be true for me, the, the, the quiet and the, the, that winter stillness that I don't necessarily get to experience outdoors, I feel like my uh-huh. body wants to experience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally, totally. And, you know, again, this is where the different overlays make it difficult. And yet, because we're we're made up of a family of different spiritualities, mm-hmm. whether we are friends with or husbands or wives or in-laws or, you know, whatever it is, there's all these. We, we're not just one little tribe of pagans hanging out over here. We are people that have all different kinds of celebrations at this time that mean similar things maybe, but it's done at a different time. So for us, our our time of turning inward may be December 21st, but as you say, your 
you deal in a business that requires, because of the overlay of the holidays Mm -hmm. that are other than a longer period. But then it does cut off because once you hit December 25th, truthfully, you you definitely hit a fallow time. You, you people stop, and yeah, they rev up for the December thirty first New Year. But it's not the same, you know. It doesn't have that kind of seasonal meanings. It's more of a desire to just celebrate the end of the year and the beginning of some arbitrary new year. Um, and a lot of times they do it with you know football and things like that. <laughs> becomes but I think we we get that time frame. We get to slow down. So Yeah, yeah. And I think we as a as a culture take slowing down for granted. We don't do enough of it. We don't we don't give respect to the slowing down. And in the time uh-huh. of the year where we might naturally connect with slowing down because of what our environments are doing, we speed up uh-huh. by getting like you were saying with the cultural celebrations and holidays and things like that that we might it might not match the energy that the environment around us is connecting us to right it's interesting because i spend christmas in arkansas and Mm -hmm. fascinating is that that the two christmases before was cold you know there was it was just the temperature change, but it was obvious that people were preparing for you know what would be you know snowy weather because in that area they get snow, and it was such a trip that Christmas morning I opened up the the window shades and it had snowed. Now it was you know enough to be on the sides of the roads, enough layers, but it hadn't coated the road. And I was sitting there just like in awe of this whole process. Not that, you know, I will enjoy driving around in it or any of that, but it was just the fact that to me, it's the first time since I've been born that I spent this time frame Moving into, and I'm, I usually get there just about the winter solstice, actually. I try mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm right in that time frame. So the shift in the spiritual time is there. But then all of a sudden I got this wonderful experience of watching the snow. And you do. It makes you want to stay inside. It's not just because it's cold, but it, it just, it's like, oh, wow, hmm, that kind of right. thing. Right. So, but... um so I got to experience, you know, when we talk about what happens when you experience that in your life, I got a whole different feeling. Like, as you and I talked, as we said earlier, Northern California, if we, I mean, we have gotten snow, and of course, like idiots, we all run out and go, oh my God, it's snowy, it's snowy. I mean, it's like, you know, taking kids to their first snow up in the hills and the mountains and everything. Um, and of course, it lasts a very short period of time because our area isn't designed for that. And it gets right. slushy. And then we have accidents because nobody knows how to drive in that kind of stuff. Right. So, but, um, and of course, nobody has snow tires, so they don't have anything that functions in the modern day transportation way. So I can only remember they closed Fountain Grove um, years and years ago. Because they had a major, they had a snow that came down and literally closed the the roads because it came on the roads and nobody could get in get through. It was that was how they did it, and the police are out there and their traffic, you know, things. So, you know, for me that was a big thing because again, rain, yes, wind, yes, you know, heat, yes, but snow, right? So. But, um, and again, uh, it's, <laughs> we're going to go to old, old movies. I can constantly remember the, um, the movies that, you know, I fell in love with were, you know, White Christmas and, mm-hmm. uh, It's a Wonderful Life because it's really Christmas. People really get into, I mean, they, they made it a, go through the cycle of autumn to Christmas. They were actually put people into it and it became a, an experience, but that was for the most part, East Coast, 
central, you know, central United States, northern United States, um, mm-hmm. but definitely not the southern areas near Florida and, you know, that area down there near the, the Gulf and out here in our area. So, but, yeah, yeah. so, you know, observe, be aware and if you transplant yourself, be it by moving or mm-hmm. vacationing, feel the difference. I think that's the biggest thing of what I guess I'm getting out of where we're going with this is feeling the difference right? At, in the environment and as you're going through the cycle of the year. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So um, we can either do um, EMBOL. Candlemas, yeah. or we can let's take a break. It. Which one would you like? Oh, let's do Imbolg and then we'll take a break. Okay, sounds fine. Go with Imbolg. Yeah. Talk about that. I think I will sit and be quiet and have a slight drink of water as well. <laughs> okay. So Imbolg, February 1st, right? Um, and this is the time in, in my personal wheel of the year to start looking at the things that I, I want to create. What are the what are the things, seeds I want to plant? What are the pledges I'm willing to make? And there's a tradition. And we, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, there is a whole episode about every holiday. So if you want more, there's more. Um, but one of the things the reclaiming community does in the Bay Area is Imbolc is always a, a ritual for Bridget. And we always uh-huh. make pledges. And it's the pledges of what we're committing to for the year. Um, and uh-huh. so that's really impacted um, my personal work and how I feel about that time of the year. Even if I don't make it to an in-bulk ritual, I still think of that time of the year as what seeds am I going to plant? What do I want to accomplish this year? And it falls sort of in line with New Year's. You know, it's a month later. It's right around the time of Chinese New Year as well. It's right around the time of Groundhog Day when we see if we're going to have more spring or, or a longer winter or whatever. So there are all these ways of looking at of, of where energy is moving. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So that, yeah, and, you know, the the first real official light coming forward. Yeah. So, I mean, in traditions, it's the the you know from the birth of the 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 divine child um usually considered the birth of the male god but right. um it's the time that he shows promise and that he's you know becoming more into you know his pubescence not quite mm-hmm. yet but starting so you know if we take it to the non-gender specific then you would say it's a time of our experiencing the movement of individuality and what we really want to do and, you know, what we don't want to do and, you know, not quite get right. there like a 12 or 13 year old. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so anything else you want to say about that? Cause I know sometimes it's, you know, the, this, you know, in agriculture, I know that you know you have the the concepts of the the breeding time and the the, the herd, thinning of the herd, and the da 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 da, and then at, you know in terms of that, and then plants to start to you know decide they want to come up and whether they're mm-hmm. going to sort of shoot up a bit. So it's all about preparing for new life. Yep, absolutely. And I mm-hmm. think again that looking at is that true for where you live? I know I know a lot of witches in Minneapolis and at at Imbolc, it's they're not looking at the new life. It's still winter. It's still uh-huh. snow on the ground. It's still cold as what whatever <laughs> whatever rude word I just avoided <laughs> saying. You know, so look at what is Imbolc like where you live and how would you honor that? with a celebration or a ritual or some sort of acknowledgement, how would you honor that? Cause it's vastly different. Right. Right. So, yeah. well, I guess we should break and get our little yes. messages in and then we'll come back for more. All right. All right. All right. We'll be back. Yes, we will. Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a 
radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, we got our new show on for our new advertisement. Yes, new (laughs) Genie commercial. Yay. Well... Onward, because we are we are mushing through the year, and we we are now at the the vernal equinox, spring Yay. equinox. The spring Yay! Yeah. I always think of Easter. Yeah. I know it's not Easter, but that's how I think about it. Like, hey, it's Easter, <laughs> and, I, and I don't celebrate Easter, so I know. Um, like I actually forget. My, like my daughter and I went away this past Easter. And we went mm-hmm. to this restaurant to see a performance, and there was no performance because it was Easter. And I was like, oh, damn it, Easter interfering <laughs> with my plans. I but know, it is, I all know. All of the things that I, the overculture associates with Easter, with eggs and spring and baskets of flowers and dresses and little hats, like all of that is what I think of when I think of the spring equinox. It's that that time of new life, that time of potential, that that like you know, that's what an egg is, you know. Like the, there's uh-huh. potential in an egg, so it's not just like hiding eggs for fun and to give the kids something to do. But there is finding potential hidden out in the world, and then eating that, imbibing that potential, taking that into yourself. It's quite powerful. Mhm, mhm. Yes, definitely powerful. And I mean, as we have said, there's whole. Uh, shows on these particular Sabbaths, but I find it when spring comes, there was um, there's like different flowers start to come up, and you you, you start to feel the life mm-hmm. beginning to come forward. And for me, it's you know whether or not we still have more rain or you know whatever they want to call it. I I do I feel the movement forward, and it's it's. The, you know, as, as you know, the, wind, the 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 light gets more, and you know, for me, it's walking my dogs in when I get home from work. I get to walk the dogs in more light coming in rather than I come home. It's dark. I have to walk the dogs in the dark and then go, you know, come in, and it's kind of like don't want to do this kind of thing. So right. it makes me feel uplifted. Yeah, I agree. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, and then. We get to go to Beltane. <laughs> Beltane, the sex time. <laughs> yep. The lusty Mary month of May. <laughs> oh, you never know. I mean, actually, you know, it's kind of one of those things where. Um, after long thaw of, you know, the, the frozen and the stopped up and there you are and then you shake it off, you know, and there's more light and then you feel really kind of good with the spring. Then it's like, man, I want to do something. Let's right. go play. Yeah. Right. right. The energy gets buzzy and all everything's in bloom and the little flying creatures are starting to make themselves known and, yeah, it's. Spring is in the air. Yep, it definitely is. It's like, yes. And I know that, again, we have different mythoses for, you know, what this represents and where it is and, you know, all of that for the different pagan traditions as much as it is for the other um, religious traditions that are out there. But it's all about reemergence of and the the 
is the procreative process, the desire to to do that. So, yep. and mm-hmm. then we get to yes, midsummer, the summer equinox, uh, summer solstice. I mean, it's it's like I keep thinking of Shakespeare. I'm sorry, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the so. summer. You know, again, we're depending on where you live, but that's. It's the most light we get in the year. It's the longest day. It's the shortest night. And it's, it's feeling that heightened energy, the warmth, the the power of the sun and everything that is connected to that. And, uh, you know, it's a, a, what's interesting is it would have, for the ancestors, it would have been a time of hard work. Like that's when they would have really been focusing on the fields and getting things ready and all of that. And now that's like when we take our vacations and when we go camping and when we, it's, it's sort of become this opposite energetic again of what this holiday may have initially been based on. So how does it work in your world? How does it work in your life? How do you incorporate that, uh, that fullness of energy of what the summer solstice could be? Right, right. It's interesting as you're talking, and and the one thing that sort of sticks with me about our um, reference point is we are trying to move our reference point to the other parts of the United States, the other parts of the world. But I actually think, you know, when you when you talk about the actual time of the year. And when I, of course, have clients in Australia and, you know, I'm talking about, you know, spring equinox and they're they're talking mm-hmm. about autumn equinox and, right. you know, meaning that's what they're actually having even though it's on the date that we have set up as the spring equinox. So it it definitely is the, the I don't even want to say shadow, but the opposite. It's like you know, flipping the coin and saying, well, then what is relevant if it's the long, you know, if it's midsummer is actually the shortest day of the year and the longest night for them right. down there. And here we are celebrating it up here is the longest day and the shortest night. Right. You know, the myth, the myth of where you live has to be different too. Right. Right. Well, and it's also recognizing this is my little bubble in the universe and my little bubble of where I live and uh-huh. even in that, the balance of our planet is still happening. We're experiencing right. the height of summer, and the southern hemisphere is experiencing the height of winter. The balance is still happening, and I think there's something quite beautiful and magical and interesting about at least acknowledging that balance happening, uh-huh. even at the summer solstice or the winter solstice. Because our planet is still in balance, even if where we currently are is at one extreme or the other. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I really feel strongly about the unity. And when you mentioned that, that really hits me. Like the unity of the entire globe as opposed to just the unity of our little section of that globe is because we've become a global consciousness. Before, we were um, a, a local consciousness, whether it was local to a specific town or it was local to a specific region or eventually country. It It's expanded, and our consciousness needs to expand with it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I know, you know, that I believe is, is and getting caught up in petty differences tends to sort of lower that that whole process. But be that as it is, we go on now to, um, yeah, right, can't find it, Lamas. Lamas. First harvest. Yep. And that's, you know, we, we look at that. And we go, wow, this is so cool. Look at this, you know. What is the first part of what we have been doing all year coming to pass? You know, mm-hmm. not just people who are growing in their gardens or, you know, farmers or, or that, but what are we harvesting? What is it that we are seeing the the the, the fruits of our labor ripened to some degree? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what what it, yeah. of those of those uh, oaths and promises and uh, agreements Ooh. that we made way back at at in bulk? What has come to fruition? What are we harvesting? What still needs work? And how do we honor that process? And um, and how do we harvest literally and figuratively and spiritually? Like how do we pull those things in? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's important to to realize that you know as we we circle around it's growth that we get whatever that growth is in in the process it's growth and our harvest of what we have what we have what we are right. what we're doing um you know i think that's a big part and it can be emotional it doesn't have to be a physical project. It could be something that's happened during the year that you're harvesting the process of what it means, what it doesn't right. really mean to you and your world and me, little me yep. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we go to the autumn equinox, which we just mm-hmm. had, obviously. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's it's considered a balanced time of light and dark, and and more of that harvesting, like the final bringing in of the harvest, and really getting everything together. So it's balancing what we've got in our world, in our life, right. in our moment. Yep. Yeah, and it's the the opposite where we have the spring equinox, where it's everything's in balance, but we're moving into the growth of the sun and the growth of light. At the autumn equinox, we are facing balance and the, the growth of the darkness and the growth of um, longer evenings and longer nights. And how do we step into that and honor that and celebrate that? You know, I've, I've talked about this before, but I really dislike this concept that light is good and dark is bad. I, I don't I don't like that concept at all because it's false. Um, and so mm-hmm. I really like to look at this, especially this time of the year, because, you know, it's October 5th right now. So the, the equinox was a week and a bit ago, but we're still sort of in that, that space. We're still sort of in that equinox space and we're moving into Samhain tide. And, and um, you know, I, I really like to look at the darkness and what, what is the good and juicy things that I'm going to accomplish in the dark? What, what am I going to uh, stir up what am i going to imagine into what what will the darkness bring me into uh, and i kind of like right. to turn that around rather than oh no the light's going oh yay the darkness is coming you know well in our present day and age darling we really don't lose the light because then we have street lights and we have house lights and we have all the electrical amenities that bring us out of the dark so to speak and into the light and so we have a falseness of the light dark concept and i think you're right it's it's revisioning what it means about going into the dark time what does that really do it's not about evil or scary i mean sometimes it can be scary i mean i don't like coming home to a dark house you know, I would rather have light. And when we had the fires here, a lot of the electrical um, grids were off, so we had more darkness. And it's fascinating how you have to adjust to that. You know, I mean, we think of it as great and wonderful when we go camping, right? You know, you go camping and then it gets dark and we see the, the lights and we see more stars and it's all that wonderful stuff. But, I mean, that's momentary. That's like right. a small snippet. But when you're actually in that, you know, what does that really, you know, mm-hmm. engender in you? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. You can tell. I'm, I'm, well, I was born around the December time frame. So the, the, the winter, the, the, the darker, the longer nights, the, the, the shorter days um, mm-hmm. are part of my own rhythm by, in my birth cycle. Um, yeah, and I find it. I start to gain more energy, and that's the thing about you know the cycle of our life, and when we were born, and what season we were born in, and you know that's another thing that's I think personal. But again, mm-hmm. if we're looking at the wheel of the year, right? Where does that put you in the microcosm, meaning yourself within the macrocosm, yeah. and? 
how you move in the world because you do. You yeah. have a specific tempo. I mean, you're, yeah, you're Torian. So. I am. I am Torian. <laughs> I know I you actually, are. I'm Sagittarian. That's okay. We won't kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's a really good idea and practice to create your own wheel of the year and not necessarily to discount. You know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit uh, about how does it work where you are and how do these holidays connect to where you live, but also Uh what other holidays are part of your life cycle, you know, your birthday being Uh one of them. How do you incorporate Uh your birthday into your life cycle? If there are any anniversaries that you celebrate or, um, like I know a lot of people who are in recovery and they celebrate their recovery birth date. How do you incorporate those things into your uh-huh. year? Because it is right. more than just those eight Sabbaths that we talk about. There is more to our personal wheel of the year than that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a good, I mean, to me, it's a personal exercise to engage in to, learn more not only about ourselves but about our spirituality because it's personal yeah 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 it is personal yeah so i think that when we look at the wheel of the year it's both a simplistic wheel with you know the the eight Sabbath, the eight spokes and and Mm -hmm. how you go around it and all of that that's a beginning that's kind of like your the, the learning your ABCs when you are starting to read and write. And yeah. then I think getting the other things where you live, what does it, what is your living experience in the wheel? What is it around your specific area? And then your personal, very personal energy about you. And just like you said, your birth date and, and, you know, different special cycles of uh, time and where they fall. And mm-hmm. you might get more, Understanding. I mean, if you think of a time when you're born and then maybe a time when you are doing a recovery point of reference, be it from an accident, a major accident in your life. Um, A dear friend of mine had a very serious accident, and in truth, it's a turning point in her world, and she marks things by it because of what it did and what it did. took away and uh, things of that nature or, you know, so I, I see this as a weaving, like a, you know, a, a definite weaving of the, the threads of this kind of what we would see is just a linear circle going around. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And it is a linear, it, it is a circle, right? But it's how we, how we connect to that circle, how we adapt that circle for our, our environments and our lives, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I know there, there's also lots of covens and working groups out there that have um, coven specific holidays or there are certain full moons that are always celebrated a certain way. And I think that's important to write into our, our own personal spiritual gnosis as well. How, you know, what are mm-hmm. those special days that maybe aren't written into the, the witchcraft 101 book or the paganism 101 book, but they're an important part of your practice. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, honoring that as part, not just like, Oh yeah. Like my daughter made up disco night. I think I'm, I might've mentioned this before. So March 18th is disco night and we dress up and we listen to disco music. I don't know where this came from, but once three, she invented this holiday. So that's part of our family's wheel of the year. And I actually Uh look at that as part of the wheel of the year. It's not just this one random date. There is a cycle to it. Um, Uh And and it's just acknowledging the cycle in a different way than we might normally or we might take for granted. Right, right. And we make them up. We, we, we come up with them because it's important. Uh, you know, people mark their anniversaries of weddings, and who knows what. Most of us don't mark our anniversaries of losing our virginity, you know, but right. some might. Um, sure. But, you know, in truth, it's it's the, you know, we definitely have started marking when we start croning and when we've, you know, stopped menopause, you know, we stopped our bleeding time and we're in menopause. Um, and I think, again, that's a growth process of, of honoring 
who and what we are on this planet, singularly and collectively. And right. uh, I'm really, uh, in light of all that's going on, somebody asked me, I feel so so upset. I, you know, I see so much happening. It's like a lot of death. And, you know, the one thing that, and I can say, yes, it scares me. And yes, it it has the death of, you know, this, but it's, it's, there's always birth and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. when you have death, you have birth of a horrible new, a new beginning, but horrible. I mean, there are all these different ways to, to function. So, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's yeah. it's very it's very um, introspective right now. I think that yeah. for me personally, I'm beginning to get very introspective within the big picture and the personal picture and the you know the the various levels here of what's going on. So yeah, hopefully this has been an exploration of just an idea on how to differentiate the standard. This is what you do, as you say, you know, Witchcraft 101, Wheel mm-hmm. of Fortune. I mean, Wheel of <laughs> wheel of Fortune. Yay! Um, <laughs> well, I was looking at all of the different things that it says about this, the Great Mandala, Wheel of Karma, Wheel of Life, um, Wheel of Change is, you know, the different things that this has been called. And, of course, then I think of the Wheel of Fortune, which is not only a tarot card and a... Um, game show (laughs) and somebody just asked me i kid you not and i'm probably sure that's why this all came up is some guy was checking out at at a um, walgreens with some things and he says come on down and he starts talking about the you know the price is right and the wheel of fortune you know and i'm like okay (laughs) and that stuck strange as that may be so well you never know what's going to get stuck in your head no kidding. And then why it's there. It's like, okay, why did you want to stay there? I can understand having a little, you know, like bell go off, like a notification bell on our phones, but why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go play Wheel of Fortune. No, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> so, but anyway, so well, I knows. think, <laughs> yes, we need to, to kind of look at the next, uh, our next show will be yeah. obviously next week and I believe it's called the left hand path yes we're going to be talking about what has recently started to be referred to as left hand magic yes once upon a time it may have been referred to as black magic but now we realize that that's dumb so we say left hand magic I know. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And that, of course, puts everybody that are left-handed as, yeah. you know. Which is, that's me. I mean, I'm left-handed, so, you know. Well, see, it. I'm not, and I'm not even ambidextrous, so that kind of puts me on the right, so that's whatever. Okay. You can still talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's one of those things, right? So we'll have that, and then uh, yep. we've got. We are actually in the process. We will be having to brainstorm about the remaining year. So yeah. um, we will let everyone know next week what the following shows will be. It'll be fun. Yay! Yay! So everyone have a wonderful and safe weekend, and yes. we will all see you back on the radio next week. Next Friday. Thanks for listening. Next- Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com.
witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.